Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Just Shayin. I am coming to you fresh, fresh, not fresh and so clean, clean as much as I may be on the inside, potentially. I'm coming to you straight up from some time that I've spent with the father this morning. And I was just like, I am going to do a podcast on this. So welcome to this hopefully potentially awesome episode. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. So you guys all know me well enough to know, and even if you don't know me personally, you know me by now to just try to do my best to be as vulnerable and honest with myself and with others as possible. So the last few months, I have been in this, I don't know, maybe it's longer than months. Doesn't matter. Details that don't matter. Anyway, it's been in and out. So it has been this... I am so proud to be a part of the church, like the proudest I've probably been in a very long time. (laughs) You're probably like, what does that even mean? I spent many years not enjoying being a part of the institution of church. Um, That's a whole other podcast. But I've probably been the most excited for and the most, um, I don't know, living in a constant anticipation that God is on the move within the church. Not just the church outside of the walls, although we're, it's amazing to see what he's doing in Hollywood and amazing to see what he's doing in Iran and Iraq and China. Like is, those things you're not going to see on Fox News. You're not going to see them on CNN. But you know what? God is on the move. So I'm just going to let you know right now, God is on the move, regardless of what the news is telling you. That's, that's again, another podcast. But what I'm trying to get at is that it. I just, I'm making this podcast episode, and I'd like to dedicate it maybe to people that are just struggle busting. Because the struggle bus is real. It's so real. My God, it's real. And it is easy to wake up some days and go, God, I don't know how you're going to use this dysfunctional church of yours. And it's also easy some days to look at it and go, man, you're using it. You're using us. You're using us as a people group in the sense of what you call the global bride, the believers that you're coming back for. And so... I want to talk to those that are struggling because I know in my own ways I've struggled in moments because it seems as if the bride would rather bicker and have quarrels than actually be solutions. Yeah, I said that. And so I struggle. I struggle to love her fully sometimes the way that I know I need to and the way that God does. Because that's the thing, right? God has not given up on this bride. God has not given up on the, the church as a whole. So 
it really put me, I've just been pondering and pondering and pondering and a constant prayer of mine um, has been, God, I need you to baptize my heart in love in a deeper measure for your body. Now, you're probably, you may be sitting there going, Shay, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, And that's okay. You know, like, that's all right. Like, I'm not sitting here wanting you to be somewhere you're not. But I do want to talk to those that are struggle busting with the church, whether it's because um, they don't agree with the way that you see the social justice issues, or maybe they just don't even talk about it, or, you know, maybe um, they're doing things that you think they should be doing differently, regardless of all of the reasons why we could feel like we want to slap her, we have to remember that God's going to use her because we are part of her. Shay is a part of this bride. You are a part of this bride if you've confessed faith in him. If you have not yet received him into your heart, then this podcast is probably going to be really like, what? But also eye-opening, I believe, because I think this is something the church doesn't really talk about. We don't want to talk about our flaws. We don't want to talk about where we've missed it. We don't want to talk about the hardships um, that the church has been through and probably did not execute like in a way that we're proud of. Well, let's just be honest. Apparently, I'm going to be. So, I, I sorry, I crack myself up sometimes. Um, so I just been really thinking about it this morning, and I think sometimes we just get over we we get over her issues, we get over the fact that the church bickers with each other, whether it's denomination versus another denomination or a theology versus another theology. Like we are so quick to cut each other. I'm just going to be honest. I keep saying that, and I'm going to try to stop saying that. But we're so quick to call each other out that we are not actually trying to be a solution. Oof, help me, Holy Ghost. We're so quick to be passive, to be passive with issues that matter. Because we don't have an answer, we're like, oh, well, we don't have the answer, so we're not going to talk about it. Man, so you may be struggling with the church. You may be struggling loving the bride of Christ. Um, You may lay in bed at night with many questions. Um, You know, I want to tell you that you're not alone. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not alone. There's been many countless nights where I will lay in bed and I just think, how like how is God going to do this? How is God going to use this dysfunctional people <laughs> globally to bring about his purposes? How is he going to use me? Okay, because that's something else you got to realize that when you talk about the church, you're talking about yourself, So first of all, you may want to be a little bit more thoughtful in how you talk about her. I'm just going to throw that out there for free 99 because it's convicting. It's really convicting when you start to really see yourself as a part of her 
instead of somebody that's like on the outside looking in going, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all crazy. No, Mm-mm. that's your family. And yeah, sometimes going to family holidays can be crazy, but you know what? It's still our family and we cannot run from it. We cannot be upset about, I mean, I guess we can. We can be upset. We can, totally. It's not too much for God, but we have to be careful and cautious on how we talk about it because it's his, A, it's his bride. B, you're part of it. I'm a part of it. And so the way you talk about them is also how you feel about yourself. So I would I would just encourage us before I continue talking in this moment to really check our hearts. The way that you're talking about the bride of Christ is it reflective of the way the father sees her? Are you instilling faith or are you instilling fear? Uh, and I'm not saying you just go around proclaiming and declaring prophetic words over her. Please do that. But I'm not telling you to not be honest about where she's at because, you know what? She's got issues because I have issues. So I know she has issues because I'm a part of her. So with that, so I'm going to branch here, but I'm going to say due diligence to make sure your heart stays pure. Right? right? I'm going to remind you that only you can do your part. I can't do a part for you um, because I was having a conversation um, last night with a very dear friend of mine, and we were talking about some frustrations. Like, I was talking, let me just go ahead and say me. I was talking about some frustrations um, with the bride, the body of Christ. And I sat there and I was like, you know, I'm only mad about it because I'm mad that it lives in me. And I'm trying to do my due diligence to wake up and not live asleep. And I'm not even talking about all the theories that are going on right now. I'm just talking about living this Bible out. I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm not talking about all the social justice issues. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about living the word of God out in my daily life and letting it read me back. That's what I'm talking about because... As much as all that stuff matters, and y'all all know it matters to me, it's got to get so simple. And the question is, am I living out this gospel? And what does that look like? What is he asking of me? And am I being obedient to what he's asking of me? Am I putting too much on my plate, like most humans do, to where I'm like, hold up, he didn't ask all of this for me. He didn't ask me to do all this, but he did ask me to do this. I remember one time, this is like last year in the fall, and honestly, I was just living really busy. I had so much on my plate. I was doing all the things that people would tell you to do as a good Christian. And I'm running the ministry, I'm traveling, I'm doing the thing. And God told me, I just told God, I'm so tired. And I just literally, it was as if he was sitting across from me at the table drinking some coffee. And he said, well, I could see why. And I was like, okay, well, that's not really helpful. (laughs) And he said, well, it's because you're trying to do everything. But I only asked you to do your part. And I sat there and I was like, okay, let me think about this. So, of course, I sit there and I think for a little bit. 
And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm over here trying to do it all. I'm trying to, you know, be a part of this venture and try to change that and try to speak my voice about that and all the things. Like, there's so many things you can use your voice for, you know? Like, there's really so much going on. And he just said, I'm just asking you to do your part. So then it led me to, God, what is my part? I can't change everything, but I can do my part. So... I have times where I get severely, severely frustrated with the institution of the church. And I'm sure that some people out there that are listening also get equally frustrated. I get frustrated because I feel like it's rules. I feel like, oh, okay, we have to do it a certain way. I mean, there's so much. I'm not even going to sit here and list them off. But I want to talk to you guys that are struggling with loving the church Because you do. You probably lay in bed at night and question her worth. You probably lay in bed at night and think, there ain't no way he's going to do it. There's no way. It's impossible. Honestly, is it even worth it? Is it worth it? Like, is it worth it to, like, be a part of this church? Is it worth it to feel like I'm misunderstood in this church? Is it worth it to feel like I'm misunderstood in this family called, you know, the family of Christ? Is it worth it? Um, the tears that come with it? Is it worth the um, feeling misunderstood and feeling, you know, attacked by other believers? Like, is it worth it? And, you know, we have a influx. Wait, is that the right word? We have a lot of people. I don't know if that was the right word. But we have a lot of people that are opting out of this church, um, we have a lot of people um, that are just over it. And they said she got too many issues. I ain't part of this no more. Um, you know, like I've had um, many, many crying moments with God because I've had friends just opt out. Um, they choose to no longer identify with the sacred church. Um, they choose to shrink back um, instead of stand up. They are choosing to be more passive. They're choosing to be more passive than intentional with the gospel. Um, You know, maybe they're exhausted. Maybe they're just tired. Um, Maybe they're tired of feeling all the heartache. And so they get to the point where I feel like, and I know that I've toyed with the line myself, is it worth it? Is she worth it? You know, like, is she worth it? And they... um, I don't know if you've heard this. I've heard this multiple times, um, probably in the last year. But like, you know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And I just want to be like, what does that even really mean? Because I know that there's the the Pharisees that were religious and they had turned it into law. But at the end of the day, the definition of religion is just having a belief system in something like in God. That is literally what it is. And yeah, it can be broke down to 700 other definitions, but that's really what it is. And so they opt out of being identified with the church. And I think our generation identifies church as the people within the four walls or the structure of the church building, the three fast, two slow, take an offering, somebody gets up and preaches, church. And you know, that's a part of it, but really the church of the people inside of that building and outside of that building, because I have plenty of friends that don't even necessarily 
um, go into a building, and that's a whole nother conversation. But we are the church. We are the believers. We are the ones that are, by the grace of God, <laughs> devoting ourselves to the text and devoting ourselves to this belief that he died. He sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for us so that we would have eternal life with him, that we would have relationship with him, that we would have right standing with him. Okay, let me go ahead and preach here for a second. You can live for God and still not live rightly before God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And so that is where I'm at. That is where I'm at. We, huh, I, I am feeling two emotions excitement for the body of Christ and angst for the body of Christ. Um, But I know that he can turn my angst into some fruit. I know that he can use that frustration inside of me and maybe you to become the reformer, to become the, you know, the one that brings restoration, the one that reminds us what it is to be the church. Um, I think sometimes we get so over the church's stains that we forget that she's sacred. And I wrote this on my social media. Um, you know, just because the church is stained doesn't mean she's not sacred. And then honestly, I put, this is for you because you are the church. You are stained, but God still sees you as sacred. Shoo. So... When you see your stain, you better remind yourself that you're still sacred. And when you want to talk about the stains with the bride, you better remember you talking about yourself. I don't say this in a mean way. I don't say this in a way to, um, you know, like to call you out. But I also want to bring to your attention at the same time that... If you are falling into a us and them and I am um, on the outside looking in at the church going, you're so dysfunctional, so dysfunctional, so dysfunctional. You got issues. You do this wrong. You got this wrong. Well, that tends to lead to self-righteousness, which is pride, which exposes a Pharisee heart. Oh, y'all know my last episodes were on the Pharisees. And I'm still all up in this um, because the Pharisees were, in their minds, they were so high and lofty and mighty that no one could be a part of them, but yet they were the church. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful. So I say all this to say that you may be tired. You may have had friends that have left the church because they're just like, this cannot, there's no way this is the gospel. There's no way he's going to use this church. There's no way he can even use this dysfunction. But I would honestly remind you and your soul, he is going to use the bride. He is going to use the bride. You know, they, um, and you have to be careful. You have to be careful and you have to lean into truth because some of what they share Again, I just said they, but I just mean these people that are often out of faith because they just don't see how God can do it. You have to be careful because what they talk about will tickle your ears. It's like, oh, you're right. Mm, You are right. Like, you know, all the things. And you're like, before you know it, you're in bed at night going, well, maybe they do have, you know, they do have a point. You know, like she is dysfunctional and how's he going to do that? So you have to be careful and guard your own heart with truth. Um, 
more than you watch the news, more than you want to go off on, you know, the way the church is doing things or not handling things properly. You have to make sure that you are grounded in the word and prayed up in the spirit because it is easy for something to creep in and take root in your heart or your thought process. Um, But my guess is, my bet, I shouldn't even bet. (laughs) Sorry for those that are like, she bets. I didn't mean it that way. My guess is that you long for more. You long to see the bride fully awake. You long to see the bride fully operating in the full gospel. You long for the day that you can be like, yes, this is what she was created for. Um, I'm sure that you've even had glimpses, glimpses of her in her um fullness where you're like, oh my gosh, this is what he means when he just has a huge heart for her. There's moments where God shows us and allows us his heart towards her when it's full of compassion and it's full of empathy and it sees beyond the dysfunction and it says, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. And yes, she's got her stuff, but she's beautiful. And God's heart says, I will give everything for her. I will give everything for her. I will pursue her. I will get. I will love her so much. I will throw all her idols that she's thinking, that are feeling her voice. I'm going to throw them away. I'm going to burn them up, and I'm going to love on her. I'm going to chase after her. So how do we connect the two? How do we connect the two? Because here's the thing. You're a part of her, and there's moments where you want to like really not be associated with her because of her stains, because of her issues, because of fill in the blank. But the truth is, is you're a part of her. And so how do you become that reformer? How do you become the reformation and the resistance and the change that you desire to see in her? It's simple. I wish I could make it harder for you, but it really starts with your own heart. It starts with you saying, clean me, search me, try anything inside of me. And if it is not pure, burn it up. It's you praying for a soft heart. It's you working at celebrating instead of being cynical. It's you doing the work. It's you taking ownership and saying, I need to live in the light. It's you. And I don't say this to point the finger at you because I'm sitting here pointing the finger at me. It's it's on me to make some choices in the way that I see her and the way I treat her because I'm really treating her the way I'm treating myself because I'm really part of her. Oh, that's hard to hear. It really is. And so I want to to offer some advice in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of social justice issues flying up on Instagram every two seconds, I care for all of those things. But I cannot stop caring for the church. I have to believe in her the way that God believes in her because it is the same way he believes in me and it is in the same way that he believes for you. And right now is not the time to quit on her. 
Right now is not the time to bail on your commitment to him or to his church. Commit, uh, bailing. Bailing on your commitment will never bring revival. Bailing on your commitment will never bring renewal. Bailing on your commitment will not bring about the fruit that you've been longing for. Bailing's never the answer. And I know you want to bail, and I know you want to be like, I'm out, but that's not going to do anything. It's not going to help. It's not going to fix it. It's not. Bailing on it is actually part of the problem. You see, God can use the frustration that you feel. God can use the anger inside of you towards it, but he can't use you at all if you bail on it. Just going to throw that out there. You know, he's looking for people that will resist the easy path. Maybe you're mad that the gospel is hard. Maybe you're mad that it's a narrow road. Maybe you're mad because nobody told you it was actually going to be painful and that it was going to cost you something. Maybe you're mad at the church because maybe you thought you signed up for something different. And I say I'm sorry to you because that's been a huge part of my story. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that maybe someone didn't explain this very well. And I'm sorry that it's brought you pain. And I'm sorry that it's brought you remorse, that it's brought you grief. But now I'm calling you to stand up. Stand up. Stand up in 2020. Stand up for truth. Stand up for his bride. Stand up for him. Stand up and resist the easy path. The easy path says, this is too hard. I'm out of here. And he's looking for those that will stay in with him. He's looking for friends that will stick closer than a brother to him as he is stuck to us. And so I want to call you into a place that you are consciously, consciously choosing the gospel path. Consciously loving your neighbor, consciously loving God with your all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That you are constantly evaluating where your heart is with him. And when it waywards, you ask, what is going on? I want to call you into community of celebration and consecration. Because right now, what the world needs is the real gospel. It needs those that are devoted to this belief. It needs those that are devoted to a consecrated life. It, is, it needs those that are devoted to live hungry for the move of God and to not fall asleep. So I call you into remembrance of what you signed up for, that you actually are called to walk as this army. And that we are seeing an army wake up. So I know you're frustrated. And I know you could go off on a whole list of reasons why the church has hurt you. The reasons you don't feel seen. The reasons that, you know, you may have turned your back on God. But I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you that he's going to use the body. He's going to use the bride regardless of her dysfunction because he's using you regardless of yours. 
See, he sees you as sacred, even though you may have stains. It's in those, it's in the weaknesses that we have that he actually shows up. So stop being scared to show your weakness. Stop being scared to say you don't have the answers and just say, I don't know. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus. That is what we need today. That is what we need. We need some people to rise up. We need people to rise up. And so I bless you today to rise up to who you are in him. I bless you as a part of the body of Christ to say, clean me and search me, oh God. Let it start in my heart before I sit here and criticize other people's hearts. I bless you to see the bride and the body the way that he does. And I bless you to see yourself the way that he sees you.